This is episode number 71 of the Church Collective Podcast. If you've been at our site at all over the past month, I'm sure you know who For All Seasons are. We have some really cool tutorials by them on the site, um, some music videos, some great blog posts, just uh, been really cool to get them involved in the community of the Church Collective. One of our core team members, Fox Watterson, spent some time talking with them. I think I even hopped in there a little bit, and we uh, did a Periscope broadcast in the middle of the interview as well, so there's a whole lot of fun stuff going on, but we just had a great conversation with a lot of their team, and uh, it's just a really fun podcast. So here we go with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 71. We started at uh, a Christian university in Southern California called Biola University. And um, basically, they have chapels that are uh, the chapel bands that are ran by students. And so um, I think all of us, probably our freshman year, all of us, meaning Jeff, Emily, and I, because that's where we all met. Um, and then Maddie and Randy came alongside a couple of years later, but, uh, Jeff, Emily and I probably all were a part of chapel, uh, attending it and just seeing that I wanted to probably be a part of it at some point. And, um, they had this meeting at the beginning of, of our freshman year saying like, if you want to join chapel, go ahead and come and, uh, write your name down and you'll be on the list of, and for me, I was on the list of drummers. Um, and then the people who wanted to, uh, uh, wanted to make a group would eventually be able to get those lists. And so uh, the way it worked back then is that you couldn't lead as a freshman. You had to go through your first um, your first year kind of attending and watching and then um, join next year. Um, so we did the tryouts at the end of our freshman year. Um, Emily and this other girl named Taryn uh, assembled a band. And um, the um, band was uh, the only like original members of the band is Emily and I. Um, and I'm not saying anything against Jeff. I love you, Jeff. But uh, but uh, Jeff joined about a year later. We actually asked Jeff to join earlier, and he said no. He's a tough guy. But uh, but he joined a year later, and then uh, we um, and from there, basically, we started. Um, people started hearing our music, and it was not good. So I don't well, know. we weren't writing our own music at the time. Yeah, we, so we we did like covers and stuff. So we, uh, like, we put out, like, an old song called Sufficient for Me, and, like, we Scott did, like, Cunningham. Scott Cunningham, worship leader, and then we did, like, uh, Jesus Paid It All way back in the day or something. Did we do that? Uh, no, it was Nothing But the Blood. Nothing But the Blood, that's what it was. And so we put those out on MySpace, killer. Um, it's probably still around, but uh, we, uh, so we went, put out on MySpace, and people started hearing it uh, locally and um, started hiring us out out of Biola. And we also had friends that were interning with youth groups yeah. that would say like, oh, can you guys come do a night of worship for my youth group? Yeah, that's true. And at that point, we were like, cool. I mean, that sounds kind of fun. <laughs> so and, uh, we would just get on board. And, and it was all within like a 40-mile radius of Biola. Yeah, they said, we'll give you pizza. We said, sick. We need that. So, <laughs> uh, so we ended up um, kind of started doing more stuff like that. And by the end of our time at Biola, um, people were just really encouraging and said, like, hey, you guys kind of have something here going. Um, I don't know, maybe you should try actually going for it and see if, like, God blesses it. We're like, he wouldn't want to bless this, but maybe we'll try. <laughs> and so... Um, uh, we were doubtful. We were doubtful for sure. And um, a lot of us were slated, uh, slotted to do other stuff, um, except for me. I would, 
I dropped out of college and I <laughs> wanted just to do music. But um, Jeff had a full time job. Emily was about to go to grad school in two weeks, and we got a call from Hume Lake, and they said, "Hey, we need you to be here in three weeks." And we're like, "Oh, okay." Um, let's pray about it. They're like, yeah, you got a day. And we're like, oh, okay. So we have to put people's lives on hold and figure this out in a day. And uh, Yeah, and it was cool because Hume, for us, like, we graduated and said, let's kind of keep the band going while we also balance, like, all these other things that we do. And then we had kind of said, you know, it'd be really cool to one day get to the level of Hume, like, calling us. And so yeah. when, like, a month and a half after us making the decision to, like, okay, we'll kind of keep playing for Hume to call, it was such a foundational part of our ministry really kicking into like full-time mode because it was God making it clear, like, Hey, all those things that seem really unattainable to you, I'm just gonna, like, I'm the one that makes it happen. So don't feel like you need to fight for it and you need to work. I mean, obviously we work really hard. Like we sit at our computers all day long doing really tedious things that we don't want to do, but um, as far as like, we need to make this connecting point to this connecting point and network, network, network that we don't feel the pressure to do that because right at the beginning of our full-time ministry, God was like, Hey, all that big picture stuff that seems impossible to you. Like I'm the one that's going to make it happen. And so it's put us in this place of accepting and realizing that everything that we have yeah. in this ministry and everything I mean, everything we've been given is from God, and so... And being diligent with that. Right. And so... And so whenever we hit really rocky points of, like, what is going to happen next, um, we just remember that phone call from him, and the fact that if God wants us to keep going, he'll make it happen. Yeah. How has the ministry of Four All Seasons changed then from hanging out at, uh, at, at youth groups and nights of worship to playing Hume to what you're doing now? How has the ministry evolved? I'm driving a Lamborghini now, so. <laughs> no. Uh, Jeff, why don't you take it? Um, I think for us, Hume was a huge impact, um, just philosophy-wise and how we run our ministry um, cause I mean, originally we were just playing worship for our peers and, uh, we were slowly getting called out to youth groups and it was definitely like music centric. Um, and that was what we spent most of our time doing was just like playing on stage or practicing. Um, but then Hume came in the loop and, you know, we were kind of brought into the ministry of Hume, which I think like could sound like it's competing, but I think it really shaped our ministry because Hume taught us to like completely empty ourselves and our agenda and to really focus on what God's doing. Yeah. Um, and so like in camp ministry, that's really tangible because they would bring us in to run rec games and they would bring us in to go to cabins at night and talk to kids. They would have us, you know, cleaning different areas of camp and, it was, it was pretty humbling, um, but I think we realized, like, the more that our ministry is about the people and not about the music or building our name, uh, the more we get to see God at work. And so that's something that we have carried with us through the last five years since we started Hume. It's just this idea of God has something so much grander in mind than we do. So it's our, it's our job to 
be diligent, like Johnny was saying, and and see the ministry as what God's doing in the people that are there and not about like we got to build our name so that, you know, more people can hear our music. It's more it's it's more of like a be present in the moment and uh really look for those opportunities. I got a thumbs up for that. <laughs> I think that Ryan's periscoping. Yeah, we're on periscope. Oh. <laughs> I almost just turned it on, but then I thought that would be weird, right? Super meta. <laughs> Very unprofessional. If you're on periscope, you can ask <laughs> questions too now if you want. Yeah. Don't let Jeff boss you around. <laughs> so you, you've talked a little bit about how, how your ministry evolved for, for you guys. And I'm sure you hear a lot that, you know, this song that you guys write is is impacting me in, in my walk, in my life. Thank you for that. How has your music impacted you personally? How has what you do changed your walk with God? I think that's the first time I've ever been asked that question. <laughs> it's well, always about, like, the people that were, like, playing, like, the audience that we're playing for and, like, the people, how, how we're impacted. So that's a good question. Well, I think it depends on who's answering it, too, because, like, for Jeff and I as primary songwriters, like, obviously the songs affect us because that's why we wrote them. So it comes out of a place that already describes where we're at. Um, but I'd say, you know, you look at the people who would, you know, come to a concert of ours or hear our album or be in a worship service with us. And the way that the Holy Spirit speaks to them in that moment then helps them describe, like, how our music impacts them. But I feel like if someone asks, well, if you were to ask me what you just did, how our music has impacted me, I kind of look at how has the ministry impacted me. And Johnny and I were even talking about this last night because, you know, we, t- we talk about, like, what would we do after this? Like, if the band just ended. And that's that's something that we talk about as a band, you know. We don't want to hold on so tightly to this band that if for some reason God took it away that we would be angry with him. But it's like, no, our ministry has been so fruitful and, and so amazing that if God decided to take it away tomorrow, like, we would be bummed for sure, but we would let him have it because he gave it to us. Um but like, what would we, what would we do? He's like, would you consider taking like a job at this church or whatever? And I said, if there's one thing that being a part of this band has taught me, it has taught me about the Lord is just his ability to provide and how I just need to like, let go of things. Um, and I know it's different for all of us because like Jeff and I are more type A, um, Maddie, you're kind of type A, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I am anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Mystery is changing you. (laughs) That's okay, man. The way we've had to travel and, like, put things on hold and submit our finances and be like, I don't know how we're making money. Just, like, all these different things has really helped us gain a larger, more holistic picture of the Lord of like, you know, scripture says he's going to take care of us, but like he really does take care of us. (laughs) And I mean, even as I'm saying this, I remember being in high school and hearing people older than me say that and think like, that's so cliche. But now that I'm here in this moment, it's like, it's crazy. It's insane. And, and, 
I mean, truthfully, this band has made me fall more in love with Jesus, not because of what he gives me, but because he just shows himself to be so faithful. And it's wild. Like, it just doesn't, so much of the time it doesn't make sense, but it's so good. Yeah. I think something for me real quick is that I constantly uh, have to step back and say, like, why am I being, like, blessed to be able to do something like this? Because I feel like I'm, like, the last person that deserves this. And so um, the fact that I get to see um, life change happen right in front of me uh, almost any time we play and the conversations I get to have with people after, um, I, I constantly walk away and just be like, gosh, like, I'm a jerk. Like, I'm, I'm a punk and I get to do this for a living and God's um, using... Um, a gift that I have to, um, to see people won over for Christ and people change. And so, um, more like I just I look at that and just say like, holy, holy crap, God! Like, thank you so much for using me. Um, <laughs> thank you for allowing me to see this. And because, like Emily said, like it definitely like draws me closer to who God is, and I get to see um, His faithfulness and His power displayed every single night. And I get to see that change lives. And so I, I'm super blessed to be That's a part of this. If I could jump in with a Periscope question just to, legit, yeah. just to legitimize the media. <coughs> Anthony asked if you prefer pizza or donuts. Oh, um, man. Both. Well, it depends. Like, do I get to choose where the pizza's from and where the donuts are from? Or is it like basic pizza and basic donuts? I think it's one yeah. or the other. you got to pick one. Because if it's like Little Caesars and stale donuts, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> we did. We'll, we'll link it to the show notes here. We asked this of Joel Houston, too, and he, he had the same response. Why not both? And then, yeah. I mean, it probably has to be pizza. Right. See, for me, like, pizza is the ultimate food because it's all five food groups in one yes. triangular piece. Yes. So Preach. Preach <laughs> that's just my opinion. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. And you could also do like sweet pizza, you know, with like you cinnamon sugar nice. and. Let's do pizza. Pizza. Okay. That's a good pizza, Very good. pizza we'll literally that. has the ability to become all of the food groups. That's deep. Like be that, a, that's that, deep. That, that pyramid, and it's the same shape as that pyramid. So, <laughs> now. That's, 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 that's good. So you were watching a video about right quinoa crust pizza the other day. So That's a little gross. That, is, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, it looks so good. <laughs> that does not work. <laughs> <laughs> all right, carry on. All right. <laughs> Um, let's talk a little bit about your, your new album. Uh, talk to me about the recording process, how you chose the songs that went onto the album, and why you decided to do um, these live videos that you're putting out through us and through, through yourselves. So we knew we wanted to release something, and so we started talking. Well, okay, and actually, this is the real inside scoop. So we were supposed to release a live EP, which is what we did, but like a live EP recorded at an event through a series of things, it just kept not working. And as in previous fashion in our ministry, we take that as a sign of, all right, God really doesn't want this to happen this way. Cause we were like really trying for it. So then we had to sit down and say, okay, this live thing with the crowd is not going to work out. What are we going to do? And so we already knew that we wanted to release an EP 
full of songs that we like that we enjoy leading for the church more specifically like more than just oh these are the songs that we really like or these are the songs that represent this this time period but it's like okay these are songs that we have started to lead in the church that and we really enjoy um and so we started to throw around the idea of just what if we still live track and live record um but we make it more into a full project like with the videos and everything because our YouTube content up to this point wasn't super strong and people would talk about having us out, but they, I mean, they want a visual, they want to see. So we're like, okay, this could be really cool. And so to get a little bit techie, we, um, we have the capability to just live track with the gear that we have. Um, and I wish Johnny was here because I'm the least techiest person oh, of everyone. So, Sorry. I mean, I know we have a Behringer x key that we track everything through, yeah. that we live track through. Let me take over. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so we have, uh, so we have a Behringer X32 board that we uh, originally bought for our ears, uh, and then we wanted to have that to do our live sound, and so um, we ended up buying a. Uh, what is it? It's uh, the X32 rack is what it is. And um, gosh, um, we bought digital snakes and we're able to go everything into that and we can re live record right out of the uh, digital, digital rack. And um, that's how we were able to track it. And then we sent that off to get mixed after. So... As Everything I'm hearing on the album is, is one take. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. yeah. Do we choose everything? I mean, we did it. We tracked each song three times for video sake. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure we just chose a solid take. And then one of those. Okay, but I will. I will tell you the truth about something, and I'm not embarrassed by it because I'm not. I retracked my vocals because it was bleeding, but I retracked every song in one take with the same microphone in the same room. <laughs> So I'm not lying, and I really did it in one take. I just stood in front of the microphone and sang the whole song all the way through, no punching in. Just minus the guitar amps. I had to get that off my chest. Okay, I was just. Audio professional, good. that is next level, like work. <laughs> no, we. So, I mean, it just got to the point where we listened back, and the vocal was um, not the best because the room that we recorded in was like a concrete room. And so, because it was so, everything was bouncing off, the vocal just didn't turn out as clear as we wanted it to. And so, we did set up in a room, we did press record, and she sang all the way through, no punching in. So, I swear, I was there. Um, but, uh, and then I think we had to retract bass, too. Um, yeah, something didn't something register, bass right? or something. So, but everything else is um, real live. The drums... I sampled my own drums, so those samples that you hear are actual my drums, but we sampled each each drum, so that way it's super consistent all the way through, and... Uh, all the weird things you have to do with yeah. that recording. But I mean, like, I, I personally love the way it turned out. I think everything sounds so clean and so massive sounding. I don't know, like, I hear this record, I'm like, yeah, this is a good sounding record, and I'm not like... Like, I'm not being like, yeah, I mean, my record's the coolest, but, like, I just, I love the way I'm it really happy out. with it. And yeah. so, it's cool because I almost feel like we stumbled upon this, 
where it was more like a last minute decision. Like we decided to do this EP with the videos, maybe like two and a half weeks before we recorded it. And now to see how it has just like blossomed into something is just another Testament to the Lord being like, Hey, I have everything under control. You tried to do this thing and it failed miserably. (laughs) And I led you to do this thing. And this is what I had intended for you the whole time. Um, So the hope would be, I mean, it's obviously called live sessions. Volume one is that around once a year, we would do something similar to this. So maybe a year from now we would evaluate what songs are we playing? What songs are we maybe going to start to play that we really love to lead in the church, a mix of ours and covers. Um, and then kind of do the same thing all over again. Uh, and then another, and I know, you know, I wrote about this a little bit on the, on the Church Collective, that a, another piece of this was providing female arrangements of yeah. popular songs. I mean, Holy Spirit, I mean, Francesca Benestelli did Holy Spirit, and so that is a female arrangement. But um, this is Amazing Grace. I mean, that's a song that we'll play at churches, and girls will come up to me and say, I, I literally didn't think that it was possible for a girl to sing that song. And in my mind, I'm like, really? Like, But I think it's just that for us, because we do this for a living, we're like, oh, cool, we want to play that song. Like, We'll just make an arrangement that fits for a girl because we've got the time. We have the time to sit in a room and completely tear a song apart and not just make it about, oh, we'll switch the key, but we'll make it just something completely different. Um, but in church ministry, you you volunteer on a worship team and you work full-time job. Like You don't have five hours in the evening to come through and remake a set list of five to six songs. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to provide that to people has been, uh, one, really cool, and two... <laughs> I mean, just really humbling because I, it's like, it wasn't even our intention, but then the Lord has just showed us like, I want to bless people with this, um, which has been really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, one last question for, for Jeff and and Maddie, what does this album mean to you guys? Like how, how does this album release and, and the way that it was created and the impact it's having on, on the Christian music scene today? Like, how does that, how's that affecting you personally? I think for me, I kind of have a constant struggle uh, with worship music, especially what we're doing, Um, because there's this part of me that that wants to make art and wants to uh, like be appreciated and respected for you know our rendition of the song or like the lyrics we've written or. just the vulnerability and honesty and like how that affects people and music. Um, but then there's also the other side of me that's like, I worship music is not about that. Worship music is about worshiping the creator and not like my respect or my like laud or anything. Um, so I kind of like have this battle all the time. And I think this record was, more so on the the church side where really the goal of it was to was to equip the church and so along with this record came tutorial videos on how to play the songs it came like chord charts and videos of of us playing the songs um and then we also chose like 
specifically church music to put on the record. Whereas on our self-titled record that came out last year, there's, there's a good amount of songs that probably will never get played in a church um, just because of the style or the length or the kind of dynamics of the song, whatever it is. Um, so this song was specifically for that. And I, honestly, I think it was kind of humbling for me just to put out a record that's absolutely not about me. Um, and I think that's just the human, human side of me that, that wants to make art and be appreciated for it. I think we all have that. Um, so yeah, this, this, this record was an emptying of sorts. And, uh, I, I feel like it's been helpful too, because when we gain traction and people like the church collective want to know more about it, or, you know, we're posting on these websites, it's very freeing because I don't feel like I'm promoting myself at all. Like, I feel like I'm literally just putting out supplies and tools to be used for churches around the country, which is, it's pretty cool feeling to just not have it be about me and not worry about whether it's received well or not. Just knowing that motives are pure and, you know, the Lord's going to be glorified through it. Um, yeah, uh, for me, I think that, um, like it's interesting being on an album for the first time that's like on iTunes and it's selling. So, um, I feel like that's been a really cool experience (laughs) and, um, like, I feel like I made it, you know, um, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, I think, um, it's, it's a cool reminder of what type of ministry I'm a part of, um, and that is the ministry of encouraging uh, and uplifting the saints, I guess. Um, and that it's not so much about, like, um, I guess, like, seeking and saving the lost, which, like, we do do, but it's way more about, like, bringing people who love Jesus like closer to him. And I feel like that's been kind of like, I think it's something that I have taken too lightly before. And like now that I guess we're on a musical platform, like that I'm with a band now, it's, it's something that's been, um, more meaningful and more heavy. Um, so yeah, I think that's like my short, a short and sweet answer. Touching on that, for for one more thing, you talked about equipping and encouraging the saints for the for the work. Could you guys give some inspirational speak to someone who is wanting to do this, who who feels the call to do worship ministry, but maybe not have an outlet or the the courage or the ability, whether it's financially or not to step out in faith and answer that call, how would you encourage someone like that? I'd say for me, like as far as calling goes and being confident and taking that step of faith, it's kind of a process for me where like I had the passion in me to, to lead worship, to write music, to just absolutely love music and how it affects people, how it moves people. Um, that was already in me. And, and I think that that is, something that is from the Lord that he puts those passions inside of us and, and is able to use them when we give them back to him. Um, I think that was like the number one thing. And then two, it was after like 
utilizing those gifts and using them for the Lord, we received a lot of affirmation from people. And I think that's a key ingredient um, is to know that your music is impacting people and to get encouragement from people to go for it or to just, you know, the simple comments like, I think you guys have something. Like those comments really stuck with us because we would start to think like, do we? Maybe we do. I don't know. Maybe there's something else going on that we don't know about. And I think like from there, from like knowing the passions inside you and then moving towards affirmation from people. And then it just becomes like, do we really believe that if God wants us to do this, that he'll take care of us? And for me, it was that the Matthew 6 passage where it talks about um, God cares about the birds and he provides food. He cares for the flowers and provides clothes. Um, Like, do we believe that he's going to do that all the more for us? And that was a huge verse for me because I hit a point where I realized if I didn't step out, then I was, I was expressing to the Lord that I didn't believe he could provide for me. And that was five years ago. And we've been completely provided for ever since. And I'm not saying that like, once you take that step, like it's, it's a sure thing that you're going to be like, you know, not have to get another job. Like we face that all the time where we, you know, we wonder like, oh, I might have to get another job this season. But I think those like those three things are are important things to think about when it comes to deciding whether this is something you should go for or not. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, please head over to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us become more visible over there. And uh, head over to the site at thechurchcollective.com and connect with us. We want to connect with you and we want to connect you with others. God bless.